Well, good morning. Good morning. It is great to see you. Thanks for being here today. Uh, I'd like for all of you to uh, take your communication card, the yellow communication card, guests included, and uh, you have picked the best Sunday to come until next week. But <laughs> this is such a, a great day but for, several, for several reasons. One, we've been talking about what it means to put your, your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, that he is the way maker. And our tendency is to, is to put our, our thoughts on all the what ifs of the, of the world. And we want to just keep coming back saying our hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. And uh, there uh, is a, a verse I want us to share that I want to share with you. And the reason I want to share this verse with you is I had... Uh, Five conversations this morning uh, that kind of went deep really fast, and uh, three of them I was able to have uh, have prayer with with them, and all of it came down to a point of going, God has this, and and my prayer with them was all these horrible things have have transpired, and to come back to say, but your hope is going to be in Christ and in Christ alone, and you've got to be careful where you focus. You'll, you'll recognize this verse, but it's Isaiah 26, 3 to 4. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Our tendency is to put our trust in other things and other people and for circumstances to change. But notice this, when we fix our eyes upon Jesus, when you, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So trust in the Lord always for the Lord God is an eternal rock. That calls for celebration. And the key is going to be where you put your thoughts. And the reason I say this is we're on the, the back end of our series about being fiercely present that sets us up for our next series. But listen to this. What you give your attention to is the person you become. This is, this is a principle of life, and it fits in, it, in every situation that what you give your attention to is the person you become. What you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. So when Satan wants to come and to kill and destroy, guess where the biggest battle is fought? Between your ears. He will, he, he will do whatever he can to get your thoughts upon other things, upon other people, instead of fixing your eyes upon Christ. Because what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. The evil one knows that, and he wants to do whatever he can to get your mind on something or someone else other than Jesus. If he could just get you to put your hope and trust in something else, whether it's good or not... He's won the battle because he knows that what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your life. Your life is no more than the sum of what you give your attention to. And this morning, we want to finish with this. We've been talking about systems. That what we need to do is to come up with habits that keep our eyes fiercely present and fiercely focused on Christ. These habits are systems. You can call them systems if you want. And this is another truism, if you want to put it that way. A system is, perfect, is perfectly designed to get the results it's going to get. Every system. If your system is to eat cheesecake every single night, you will get the results that eating cheesecake every night is designed to do. Right? 
And so every system, every habit you put in place is perfectly designed to get you where you want, want to go. Our churches say we want you to be fiercely present and focused upon Jesus Christ. And so the systems we've been talking about, the habits, are reading God's Word, prayer and fasting, Sabbath, setting time aside when we focus upon God, uh, worship. Last week, uh, Brent talked about silence and solitude. And this week, brace yourself and go ahead and before I tell you the subject matter, take your Bible and turn to Psalm 118.24. If you're using the Bible in the seat pockets, page 610. This applies to every single person in this room and to the three people that I had conversation with in the first service and prayer with and the other two that I had conversation with between, uh, but right before I walked up here. This applies to your situation as well. It applies to every person in this room and it is the habit, it is the discipline of celebration. Psalm 118.24. This is the day the Lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it. Don't hydroplane over this verse. This today, today is the day, beginning now is the day that the Lord has made, so rejoice in today. He doesn't say yesterday was God's day, so just think about how good it used to be before today happened. He doesn't say tomorrow is the day we look forward to. If I can just get through this season today, if I can get through the todays of my life so I can finally reach whatever. No, all issues, whatever we are facing, whatever you brought in today, the discipline that we want to engage in is the discipline of celebrating. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. We're going to talk about celebration. And the thing that I'm so glad you came for this morning is we're going to close our service with celebrating communion together. Let me just quickly tell you how uh, communion works here at New Cove. Anyone who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ, you're welcome to receive communion this morning. So, and if, if at the present time you've not uh, given your life to Jesus Christ, but by the time I finish, and by the way, I haven't spoken in three weeks, so I have a lot to say. So it's going to be a long day. Celebrate. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice that service is going to go long. I hear one yes. Thank you. So by the time we land the plane, if you have opened your life to Jesus Christ, and let me also just say, every person in this room, do you realize that God is at work in your life? Or you wouldn't be here. God brought you here to hear this particular message. God is at work in your life. No matter what circumstances have brought you here today, God is at work in your life, and we want to invite all of you who've given your life to Jesus Christ to celebrate communion. If you need gluten-free, we provide that as well. We don't want anyone to miss out. So let's talk about celebration. Celebration is a choice. It is an outlook. It is a disposition. And you ought to just say this to yourself. Celebration is a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice. You decide what your outlook for today is going to be. You decide where your focus is going to be on all the what-ifs. Are you going to put all, all your hope and trust in Jesus Christ who made today? And notice there, he is going to be your rocks. Celebration is a choice. Celebration has everything to do with a chosen outlook. It is a view for every day to find something every single day to celebrate. 
No days are exempt. Every day, regardless of circumstances, there is something to celebrate, and it is a discipline because our thoughts are like a... a You hear people talk about your train of thought. Whatever train you get on of your thoughts is going to take you somewhere. And these habits, these disciplines, these systems we've been talking about help to take your train of thought to focus on your hope is in Christ and in Christ alone regardless of the circumstances that you may be faced with. So the issue that keeps us from celebrating are the things that we bring in today. What usually keeps us from having a heart of celebration ultimately is a preoccupation with self. Life isn't fair. I don't deserve this. I never would have thought this. And again, I'm not downplaying all those things that happen. Not at all. We live in a broken world, so we shouldn't be shocked. But the issue is not to be preoccupied with everything else, but preoccupied with where your hope ultimately lies in the God who says, I can bring healing, I can bring hope. Celebration, and I want you to, if hopefully you get more than one thing out of to this morning, but if this is all you get, then get this. Celebration and preoccupation cannot occupy the same space. They can't both fill our minds at the same time. One always displaces the other. So those of you who are in the marriage uh, small group series, brace yourself because your thoughts about your spouse go one of two directions. Either you're celebrating your spouse or you're being irritated by your spouse. You have the option of what you choose to celebrate and choose to view. So, celebration of finding this is, in fact, our goal is that every single day this day, this week, before you get out of bed, you will say, today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to celebrate in it. Today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to find something to celebrate today and not start my day off with looking at all of the things that are wrong in my life. Today is the day the Lord has made. Uh, this, uh, this week, I had the opportunity uh, to do some extended reading and read Jenny Allen's book, Get Out of Your Head. If you've not read it, it just got released. Uh, it's a must-read. You need to think about doing it. If you struggle with the what-ifs, most of you don't, so Merry Christmas to all of you. But to those of us who have a tendency to think about all the what-ifs that might not ever happen, this is a, is a great book. And here she says, the enemy, the enemy has ensnared us with two little words, what if. With those two little words, he sets our imaginations whirling, spinning tales of doom that lurks ahead. But our tool for defeating what if is not surprisingly found in two words, because God. Because God. And that is why we've been talking for weeks about those systems, those habits that keep us saying, because God. When you get into Scripture, it reminds you of how powerful God is. 
It reminds you that God can cause all things to work together for good if you fixate on him as your hope. That he he can bring beauty out of ashes. How about this one? How about Philippians 4, 4? Always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say it. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Most of you know this. Paul is a senior adult when he's writing this. He is in uh, lockdown. He is at house arrest. He is chained to a couple of of soldiers. And he's just anticipating when he's going to be put to death. And here, here, listen, he's not a crazy man. Listen to what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say it, rejoice. So let's break it down for just a moment. First of all, he uses a verb tense that they would hear. It's in the present tense. So the present tense is always. Always meaning it keeps going and keeps going. Even when life falls down around you, when you're locked in your own prison cell, and there seems to be no way out, he says always it's present tense. Now, if, if you don't give a rip about the present tense, let me try this, this. Maybe this will work with you. He removes the expiration date. Always. He doesn't say, always be full of joy until the next shoe drops. Always be full of joy until someone disappoints you. Always be full of joy until something terrible happens. No, he removes the expiration date. And he just says, today is the day the Lord has made. Let us find something to be joyful about and let's celebrate. And let's don't do it quietly. Let's celebrate. If verb tense doesn't matter to you and expiration date doesn't matter to you, then he just yells it at you. Again, I say rejoice. So if you don't give a rip about the grammatical structure He just says, okay, let me just give it to you again. Again, I'm telling you to rejoice. Here comes a guy who understands, and he said, my, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you keep reading in Philippians, it's filled full of how he found contentment in the midst of all the what-ifs that took place in his life. Celebrate every day. Celebration is a view. Celebration is a choice. You have a choice about how you will celebrate. That's why we started out with Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace all who choose to trust in you. You have a choice where where your faith is going to go. All whose thoughts are fixed, locked and loaded on you. Trust in the Lord always. There's that word again. For the Lord God is an eternal rock, one you can hang on to. That calls for celebration. Celebration is a learned, uh, learned skill. And so every day, I hope it drives you crazy. I hope it, the first thing you think about every morning is, 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 is today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Here's what John Ortberg said. When we celebrate, we exercise our ability to see the simplest gifts of God to take delight in something we wouldn't have even noticed yesterday. Every day is a brand new day. That's why we, we find the beauty of each day. Max Licato put it this way. He said, God calms your fears not by removing problems, but by revealing his divine power, 
His divine presence. Your anxiety and preoccupation decreases as your understanding of God and your faith in God increases. Read, read that to yourself again. Can you see how important it is of where your thoughts go? And, and, and it's not easy because if Paul says, take every thought captive. And so Satan knows if he wants to destroy you, he puts in all these overwhelming thoughts of all the what-ifs. And so, so Paul says, let me remind you, take your thoughts captive. What do you take them captive to? How do you make sure that they are aligned to the truth? Well, it's your systems you have in place on a daily basis. The system or habit of staying in God's Word. How You would never know Isaiah passage unless you read it. So many great truths. You wouldn't realize that Genesis 50-20 is there for you to claim unless you read it. Genesis 50-20, the world was falling apart around Joseph. And God says, Ever, all these things that happened to you were meant for evil. But God is going to use them for good, not just good, good for you, but the saving of people around you. Wow. Who would, who would know Romans 8.28 exists if you didn't read, make time to read it? That God causes all things to work together for good if you focus, you fixate on him. That's why we've been talking about these systems that we keep in place that keep us focused on the truth, that focus on our hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. How can you celebrate today with all the problems you still have? Because today is a day that the Lord has made. He made it. He's in control. He's your rock. And when you fixate on him, he provides greater peace, perfect peace, actually, because he is your rock. Max Licato, when he talks about this, he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't calm our fears by removing our problems. So when, when you put in your prayer requests, guests included, when you put in your prayer requests on that, we pray whatever is your request, but in addition to, we pray that there's something bigger than just removal of problems that your heart would be changed and that you would begin to fixate upon your hope being in Christ and Christ alone. Okay, so I, I keep reiterating the importance of the habit of Scripture intake and all the other disciplines we've talked about that are based on Scripture. So let's just, let me remind you, the power of reading God's Word on a daily basis. Jeremiah 1.5, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Blow me away. That whatever problem I am facing, I read this passage and come to think, oh my word, even before I was even formed in my mother's womb, God set me apart and appointed me. God has a purpose for me even in the midst of a hard season. Hard seasons don't stop God from working. He never stops. He never stops. He never stops working, right? Just be glad I didn't break into voice and singing. How about this? Psalm 139, 13 through 16. This is, is not just a great verse for pro-life. It certainly is. But it goes even much deeper. It talks about the value of all of life. 
You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. The word, your workmanship, your embryotic is the Hebrew word that God knows us. He forms us. That's why life is so important. But notice this. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of womb. Now, look at how this plays out. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God is not surprised by all the things that have transpired in your life, and he's with you and won't forsake you. And what, e- what the evil means to, to tear you apart, God is going to use for good if, if you put your hope and trust in him and not in the what-ifs of life. You are a person of destiny. God's got you. He never stops. He never stops working. In fact, everything in your past is preparation for something in your future. When Joseph was at the, in the pits, when he was, when he was about to be just throw his hands up and be done, God says, I'm going to use all this hard, hardship and the time in prison. I'm going to use it not just to save you, but for the saving of thousands and hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people, the saving of many souls. God can use your present situation not just to bring character to you, but the, the saving of people around you. If you take your thoughts captive and leave them with God. The God who works all things together for good, this is from Mark Batterson. God who works all things together for good will leverage every experience, every skill, every mistake, every bit of knowledge you've acquired. Your destiny predates you before you were even conceived. God had a script for your life, and he is in the process of fulfilling that script. He never stops. He never stops working. What if you read this verse tomorrow? Jeremiah 18, 6. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Nothing that happens to you are you outside the hand of God, and that God is there to form and reform and keep reforming you. So what do we do? We celebrate. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us celebrate. Let us be glad in it. Now, some of us in this room, some of you, are, are better joy bringers than others. And you know what it's like. You've seen this. Each of us knows a few people who are joy carriers. Prize them. Thank them. Be intentional about being around them. For they breathe life into us. There are just some people who are really good at it. But the verse we looked at says, Today is the day the Lord's made. Let all of us rejoice and be. Let all of us bring, be joy bringers. Don't be a negative Nelly is what he's saying, right? Pardon me if there are Nellies in this room. True celebration, as it turns out, only comes to those who have devoted their lives to something greater than personal happiness. Ouch. True celebration, as it turns out, comes only to those who have devoted their lives to something greater than personal happiness. That's why joy bringers are all about us, not them. Have you noticed that? They 
they, they show up and they just bring joy because they focus on people around them. And they say, this is what, Lalani, this is what you are so good at. Jeff, this is what you're so good at. Tim, this is what you're so good at. I see God at, at work in you. And the, the other, other night I had the opportunity to go around the table and just say, here's what, I, here, here's what I appreciate about you. This is what keeps coming out as I've hung out with you. This is what I noticed about you. And you know what? None of them said, stop, stop, stop bragging on me. Please don't do that. I've heard enough. They wanted more. Because joy bringers, they just do something to us and for us and in us. And there's no reason why every person in this room can't be a joy bringer. Why? Because today is a day God has made. Regardless of everything else, today is a day that God has made. So let us find something to rejoice in and, and talk about it. Don't keep it to yourself. Talk about it. John Orberg talks about this, this farmer who lived next to a real negative guy. The guy complained about everything. I mean, nothing was right. And so he, he decided, I'm going to show my neighbor something and make him, I'm going to have him see a, have a positive experience. So he goes and he finds this, the, what is called the world's greatest hunting dog. And he spent all of his money on this, great, this hunting dog. And he said, I want you to go and I just want you to watch my, my hunting dog. He's amazing. So they went out together and the first day, uh, with his joyless friend, he, he says, watch this. He will stand motionless for an entire hour. So they stood there for an hour. Watch this dog sit still. He said, what do you think of that? Hmm. He said, he can pick up a scent a mile away. Watch this. He ordered him to pick up the scent. He said, follow him. And they found a duck. Found several ducks flying off. And the farmer reaches up, shoots the duck, and it splashes into the deep pond in front of him. He said, hey, Watch this. He said, go fetch. And the dog goes across the pond and walks on water. Picks up the, picks up the duck, comes and returns it to his master job, says, what do you think of that? And the negative Nellie said, your dog can't swim, can he? <laughs> it doesn't take any brains to be negative. Just out of respect for my dad, I've told this before, but I just, when I come to this, just out of honor to my dad, and his saying was, it doesn't take lick brains to figure this out. And what he means by lick brains is, when God was handing out brains, he hands out a lot of brains, and some people, he just licks a little and puts, it means you don't have to have hardly any brains. And my dad's famous for saying, it doesn't take lick brains to figure it out. It doesn't take lick brains to be negative. We have a God who's greater than all and who can cause all things to work together for good. So why wouldn't we rejoice and be glad in this day? We have a God who says, I will bring perfect peace to those whose hearts are fixed on me. Why wouldn't we celebrate even in the midst of the hardest issues that we are faced, faced with? When, uh, when I uh, traveled with our church years ago to China... It was when I first learned the, the art of toasting. And, and before every meal, uh, the, our Chinese friends, they would toast every single person around the table. And I want to challenge you to toast the people around you this week. That you say, this, 
This is what I value about you. This is what I appreciate about you. That you toast the people that you work with. I promise you, they may feel a little awkward, but they're going to love it. You say, this is what I see in you. You are so powerful when you do this. And I just wanted to tell you, I think you're amazing in this. I think God's made you powerful in this way. And they'll say, why are you doing this to me? Why are you saying this? And you'll say, because it doesn't take lick brains to be negative. It, it's the art of celebrating. It's about celebrating. Your next step is, uh, hopefully here it comes, celebration. That this week before you get out of bed, you will say, today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to find numerous things, not just one thing. I'm going to find numerous things to celebrate, and I'm going to brag about it. I'm going to make a big deal about it. Our uh, family pastor, Troy Hiller, they, they, they celebrate well, but they, on, on birthdays, they don't just celebrate the birthday. They celebrate birthday week. We're starting that at my house on my birthday. <laughs> Every single day they celebrate leading up to that, that birthday. They're, it's not hard to celebrate. It's a choice. Celebration is a choice. Guess who also had a choice? Jesus. And guess what he did? He gave his life for us. So we get to celebrate this morning communion. And as you take the bread and take the cup... Wait, we'll all consume it together. But I just want you to give thanks to Jesus for all that he's done for you and that he chose to die for you, that while you were still a sinner, he came after you, loves you. Celebration is a choice. His sacrifice was a choice. We get to celebrate because we have a choice in receiving Jesus or not. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that as we receive communion today, Father, may we celebrate the fact that you took, you made a choice to pursue us. And may we be grateful for that. And may we be people who celebrate well this week and from here on out. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.